So good morning, everyone. It is technically not morning. It's 12.07, but it's probably morning when you're listening to this, because I know I would want to wake up to us. I mean... Welcome sure. again to Bossy Pants Good. and the Nerd. <laughs> but we talk about things that matter to us and might bring you some joy and maybe a little insight into we life. We do bring sunshine. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. So today we thought we'd talk a little bit about egalitarianism. Dun, dun, dun. If I could add, go back and like in post and like add an echo to that, I would. I probably won't. Harry, Harry, so this is going to be a testament to how lazy I am in post for our podcast. But that's okay. <laughs> um, so for those of you who don't like run around in conservative Christian circles and talk about these kind of things constantly, egalitarian is just a fancy way for saying that men and women have an equal part in whatever relationship you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, normally it's spoken about in terms of marriage. Sometimes it's in terms of like leadership in like a church setting um, it kind of gets applied a couple different places, but most commonly it's one of those two. The opposite being complementarianism, which is men have certain roles and women have certain roles to fulfill and they should be distinct and separate. Yeah. It's not like guys should ever cook. Right. Oh man. That would be um, terrible. So we're going to approach this from a few different ways, um, including some of our family history and expectations that we've brought into our marriage and how we have evolved over the years in our understanding at least i have i've evolved a lot in my understanding of this um and just telling some uh entertaining stories about how we changed roles how we determined who would do what and why because what is this podcast if not a chain of entertaining kevin and mel stories right I mean, that's, yeah. (laughs) So I grew up in a, I didn't even know there was such a thing as complementarian and egalitarian. And maybe that was just because I, you know, we didn't have a lot of intense theological academic kind of conversations in my church or or in my home growing up. Um, But basically every family I can think of growing up uh, had a pretty complementarian mindset where the the man was the head of the household, the man went to work, he was the primary breadwinner. Uh, the woman may have worked. Um, in some cases, there were a few instances, actually, I, now I can think of that the, the wife was really the primary breadwinner. Um, but for the most part, she was still primarily responsible for the home, for the children, for food and clothes and all that good stuff. Um, and And that also entails whatever he says goes. So... He's the head of the house. He's going to take spiritual authority, spiritual responsibility, financial authority, financial responsibility. Spoiler alert. Our house does not operate by whatever Kevin says goes. <laughs> Just that is that is not how it works. Which, I am. <laughs> which I think is very interesting because we have a lot of conversations about how people think you are really controlling. and and But just because you have very strong opinions, very strong opinions those were all bolded and underlined uh does not mean that you want to force other people to do things your way yeah i may think you're wrong but it doesn't mean i'm gonna force you to stop but i don't know that i can (laughs) think of a time when you forced me to do something i think i've tried to force you to do things many times that's true um and we have intense conversations you know decades intense conversations yeah such a kind way of putting it is I mean, sometimes they are just fights, but I think I think 
the more we the longer we've been together, we're coming up on 14 years of marriage and 18 years of relationship. Mm-hmm. Um the less fights they are and the more actually intense engaging conversations they are. Mm-hmm. Also medication uh, shout out to Zoloft, <laughs> the sub- the sponsor of this show is antidepressants. If you can't make your own uh, neuroreceptors, store bought is fine. That could be another podcast episode. That could be. Um, so, why don't you talk a little bit about what your family roles were and responsibilities, and just how you may have brought even some of those. I think everybody brings those subconsciously into a relationship, saying, "My mom did this, so my wife will do that." Etc. Yeah, I mean, like when I was really little, my dad worked and my mom stayed home. Like my mom was a stay-at-home mom. Um, I think a lot of that was just because that's what they did when they were first married. Like dad was working at a bank and, you know, like he just kind of did his thing and they made enough money that way. So mom stayed home. Um, Or she did a lot of side gig. A lot of Yeah, I mean, like not early on. Um, Like she did word processing for a while, which was a kind of a side business she did out of her home. She worked for... Uh, the church as a secretary for a bit. Actually, at the church we're at now she sold as a secretary for a bit. She sold Avon. Um, but it was definitely like side gig type of stuff. It wasn't like full time. I'm working outside the home for 40 hours a week and pulling in benefits kind of kind of work. Um, and that was just kind of normal for me growing up. Like I just assumed everyone was kind of that way. Um, and even now, I didn't actually really think of that as like a two income family. I don't know. Like, I, I think that's just something that it never really was even a really big thing we talked about mm-hmm. as a family. It was just like, hey, there's money. We're going to buy the things we need and just move on with our lives. I think even now you still have some of that mindset because you've said that even recently. Like, you're, you've always, you said, and I quote, I've always said that I want to, I want to provide enough money so that you can do whatever you want. And so there, there is still some of that dynamic of, you want to have enough money so that if I want to work great, it's more money. Um, but if I don't, or if I have other ambitions, I can fulfill those. Yeah. And I think for me, that has a lot less to do with gender and a lot more to do with me saying, I would feel weird saying, Melanie, you need to go make a bunch of money so I can stay home with the kids. Mm -hmm. Um, so I would be uncomfortable flipping that script and saying, I'm just going to stay home with the kids. You need to go figure out how to pay our bills. Right. So I also think there are, of just in looking at our relationship and our family, there are still things that we don't do perfectly well egalitarian wise and that we've had conversations or intense conversations about whether, you know, like me thinking I'm primarily responsible for the kids. And, mm. you know, there are some things that just naturally fall to the mom that it takes intense effort on both people's part to say something needs to change yeah and i think that's because i'm a huge fan of something i think from season two we called it passive parenting maybe season one even oh yes where i love to go and say okay child when you do this thing i need you to do then i will feed you (laughs) so like if you if you want dinner you're going to pick up those blocks first and then i'm done like i can just walk away and i don't have to like supervise the picking up of the blocks Cause like she's six, she'll figure it out, right? Like she'll, if she gets hungry, she'll pick up the blocks, and then yay, I I did basically nothing, and the job got done, and everything's fine. But I, I like to be actively engaged, not right. passively engaged. I when I when they're in the same room as me, 
and we're all working on separate projects, I am likely to be the one to break the silence and say, oh, I love what you're doing or great job on that. Mm -hmm. or, and, and, and engage them even. And when you would be so peaceful and so happy and just let them, and they're fine with that. They know that relationship with you. They're fine mm -hmm. just sharing space with you and not interacting. I'm very interactive. Yeah. When, when June and I are home together, just the two of us, she will often just like sit in my office while I'm working and just like sit quietly. Like for she doesn't like two hours. For hours. Just... You know? And it's just for us, sharing space is enough. We yeah. don't need to be talking. We but when I, but you know, as soon as I'm home, they have to be all over me. My goodness, yes. And it's my own fault because I'm that's how engaged I right. am. So And so I mean I think there's personality involved there too. Yeah, and so I think the parenting issues and like discrepancies we've got are not so much because like, well, I'm a dude, so I get off. Right like without you don't having have to, to do those things yeah. i think it's just we have different styles and we both we have those same styles when it comes to things like taking out the trash like right. well i'm like the trash is mostly full but right. it's not totally full you can just ignore things easier than i, I can i can i'm i, I am good at compartmentalizing i do think men in general are better at compartmentalizing mm, that doesn't sound very egalitarian no i know say that i know there are still <laughs> this is what i'm saying there's still threads of of gender roles um the other thing I was just thinking, though, um, oh, I lost it. Lost the train of thought. Oh, well, I'm just going to let it go. Choo -choo. <laughs> the train has left um, the station. So let me jump back to family yeah. stuff. So mm -hmm. in our premarital counseling, I remember talking a little bit about, you know, list all of the things your mom did and all the things your dad does or, you know, so that you have an idea of what you're coming in with as expectations, because yes. I certainly came in with expectations of, okay, Kevin's going to take care of the cars. He's going to wash the cars. Have you ever washed our cars? Like twice. Really? Yeah. Like at a, I at a youth group no, sponsored I, car no, wash? In our driveway. And I remember this because I tried once and you told me I did a terrible job and redid it. <laughs> and then I tried again like a year or two no. later and you again told me I did a terrible job and redid it. And so I haven't bothered since. So, yeah. So there's one, you know, just an example. So you would take <laughs> care of the The husband should take care of the cars. The husband should take care of everything in the exterior of the home. The husband should pay the bills and do the accounting. And what else? Um, I don't know. You're talking know. about your expectations. I'm trying to remember. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna fall into the trap of telling you what so your expectations now. are. That's and insane. you know, the woman's gonna make food, make dinner every night. It's gonna. That be was your expectation for yourself? Yeah. Wow. Um, that has not gone well. Rude. <laughs> since we had kids, no, it has not gone well. Um, and since I've been working full time, so again, that's where it's easy even now to think. You know, I'm not doing enough. And then I realized, wait, for the most part, my mom wasn't working full time. My mom would have, she'd either substitute teach or she taught she was a part time nurse or, you know, a, a couple, I think once or twice in my, like for a few years, she had like a full time job when we were older. But for the most part, she cared for the home and took care of all the groceries and errands and, um, and I'm trying to do those things in addition to having a full-time job. And that's a lot. Like, it is a lot. That's a lot. Um, so, yeah. So, we came in with those thoughts. What were some... Do you remember any of our any debates or arguments? <laughs> I have no idea. Okay. I think early on, like, there were some things that you were just like, why aren't you doing this? I'm mm -hmm. like, I... 
I've never done that or, ever. Like, why, why is that even that. a thing? Yeah. You know, like, and so a lot of it is just, I have different levels of expectation for what needs to be done. Right. You know, so like, my dad cared a lot about his cars. And so he washed them all the time. You could care less about our cars. And so you, you, you I don't, don't care. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I remember having arguments about um, who, like, you would never take the car in to get the oil changed. I mean, I think you've done that a couple times now when I said, go take it right now on your way to work or whatever. But I'm the one who tries to keep up on that now. Um, well, I think, too, I can't remember a time except really early on where I drove more than you did. Right. Because even... Right. I'm the primary driver. Yeah, like, you drive a lot more than I do. Also, that's another role where the man drives the car, the oh woman goodness. rides. And Dear I'm, listener. I think we've talked you, about this already, but I am... Yeah. I need to Dear be listeners, yeah, it is a bad idea to drive with Melanie in the passenger seat. I just just don't do it. I yeah, I'm okay when I'm with other people, but not with you. <laughs> okay, not with you. Yeah, maybe the listeners would be fine riding and every once in a while, I'm like, seat, okay, this I, is good. I am not. It takes a lot for me to keep my mouth shut. Um, which you know, those are my own problems. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about just a couple practical things that we've determined. Like this is your thing, and this is my thing. Tracking the money is my thing. Paying the bills is your thing. And it it started out the other way around because yeah, that was that was a mistake. I think because I was worried you weren't because you weren't you had all the numbers in your head or I don't even you weren't doing as good of a job as I thought you should be. So I took over, and I'm really not capable of of accounting. Paying the bills, like bookkeeping, is something you're very comfy with. Like sure. there are no problems. But actually tracking the money, like, I remember oh once I asked you, I was like, hey, how much did we spend last year on this? And you're like, I don't know. I'm like, what do you mean you don't know? Right. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's all you. For me to not, I think we just determined that a few years ago. And for me to not have to worry about that has been awesome. Yeah. And that's a level of trust for me, too, because I didn't trust you to do it, quite frankly. And now I do. Um, I don't know why not. I genuinely don't. I don't know either, but okay. you know, we, now, I mean, you've got software and you also have an accounting degree so that it, I, I do actually have a degree in accounting. It actually yeah, helps. So. <laughs> um, I think of another one as the cat litter. I don't know when or why we did. I think that was at, when I was pregnant. You were pregnant when we first, like, and you were just like, I'm not doing it while I'm pregnant. I'm like, all right, fine. And you haven't done it since. Right. Cause I literally almost vomit every time I do it and it doesn't seem to bother you that much. It doesn't. But I notice when it needs to be done weeks before <laughs> like, before it actually gets done. <laughs> because I'm down there doing the laundry and it's beside the laundry and you're not. It's true. You I never go down there. Go down there because what was the laundry thing? Laundry was the one chore I asked you when we first got married. I was like, look, I will clean toilets. I will. I will do any chore you ask me to do. Please don't make me do laundry. Mm -hmm. And because I think that was that was something that in our family early on, like laundry was that thing that snuck up on you and like all of a sudden <gasps> the laundry buzzed. And so the whole family goes and immediately does all the laundry and folds everything. And I'm like, I mean, it, it just seemed like it was just an unnecessary interruption in the day. And it's never like it's just one of those chores that it's not that it's hard. 
it just, just never ends. It's always interrupting yeah. you. And yeah. I hate being interrupted. Uh, yeah. And so because I hate being interrupted, I hate being responsible for the laundry. And it's something that, like, it's really hard to remember to do the next step unless you're... Yeah, like, you you yeah. literally have to constantly set a timer. Right. And so, I mean, like, and now, like, if you leave and you're like, hey, look, there's stuff in the washer. You need to flip that over. I'm like, mm -hmm. all right, fine. That's, that's no worries. Right. Because you do that because something that bothers you is if I leave it in the washer and they stay wet for a long time, True. if they get the musty smell he gets real upset about it. So that's, that's something he takes control of. Mm -hmm. um, I'm like, okay, if you want to do this, go for it. But, and I have, I think something else that has helped us is just my willingness to not, because I notice all the things days before he, you would notice them, I would end up doing them all mm -hmm. and be really frustrated and frustrated that you weren't noticing them. And now I've just gotten okay with asking and say, hey, I need help. And just, and not being a jerk about it, but I need help with this. Can you take the trash out when you get a minute? Mm -hmm. Can you, and not demanding, I, I think before I would kind of demand it to be done at just like in that exact moment. Mm -hmm. Or I need you to take, do the cat litter sometime today. Yeah, if my mom is listening to this podcast, she will, she'll vouch for this. When I was a kid, that was the, that was the thing that I would kind of not revolt against, but like just kind of very politely ignore <laughs> Um, <laughs> like her thing was like, Hey, as soon as you get home, here's a list of chores that have to be done right away. And my thing was, I just got home. I'm hungry. I had breakfast or I had lunch at 1030 at my school and it's like 330 now. I need some food first. And so I'd sit down and I have some food. And now, so she got home from work early. It's like four o'clock and I haven't done that list of chores that was supposed to be done right away. Now, now we had a, a conversation. But you also understand that there are things that, for my mental clarity and peace of mind, things need to be taken care of. And I have been able to articulate some of those things. Like, I don't just want to arbitrarily say, this needs to be done at this time to my children or to you. But in order for me to feel a peace of mind, these things need to be taken care of when I get home or whatever. And you have come to a point where you love me and respect me enough to notice those things though so when I leave for worship practice on Wednesday night and it's during the middle of dinner you make sure all the dishes are done you put the kids away put the kids away put, put the, the kids, kids to bed. the kids are in their drawer <laughs> um and and this last Wednesday I picked up all the toys like you don't always do that but know. you know that those things when I get home, I'm going to be frustrated that they're still out and I'm going to not sit down until they get taken care of. So out of love for me, you're willing to do those extra things that don't bother you so much. Mm -hmm. I would love to have all the kids' toys just stay downstairs mm -hmm. and we can just have a nice corner of the basement that is just always perpetually messy and the kids can just deal with it. See, I agree. And that we do have the basement where they play and it's perpetually messy but they don't play well. I don't think any kids plays well in a place that is messy. Like when there's just so much crap everywhere, no one has clarity. Like that's like the mise en place. Like I'm not saying you intentionally leave it messy forever. I'm saying that if it's downstairs and you get home at nine o'clock after worship, when practice, I walk in the side door, all I see is the mess at the bottom of the stairs. Well, that's your fault for coming in the side door. Come to the back door. Then. <laughs> like I, I'm just saying, like it, from my perspective, it's it's disappointing that the entire house must be clean for you to relax. Well, 
this is another this is not our counseling session <laughs> so, um so the so we've exchanged a couple of things i've done the laundry and you've taken responsibility for the cat litter or different mm -hmm. things like that um i i am willing to say okay family laundry party now and that's been really helpful for me because folding the clothes and putting them away is the worst part Shout out to everybody who folds clothes and puts them away. It's true. Um, and so having all four of us at some point in the bedroom folding clothes, it's kind of fun to do it all together and it gets done quicker. Um, but I don't make it happen as soon as I'm just dealing with wrinkly clothes. Like I, I don't have time to iron things or if you're going to judge pull me them out and the... clothes, then you're not going to like me no matter what I do. So we're just going to move on with our lives. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Um, so theologically coming around to this place of egalitarian versus complementarian. I remember some conversations with the Reverend Dr. Laura J. Hunt, um, who is an author, a published uh, theologian, as well as a friend of ours. And she and I, I remember just talking about like these, these roles that we have and how, you know, I was brought up to believe that Kevin should be the spiritual head of the household and Kevin should be um, taking the lead on those things. And I want to be subjective. Uh, I want to be subject to that. And I remember him saying, if it's that important to you, take the lead. And I'm like, okay, I guess I can do that. But then finding the balance where I'm not controlling things. Your first response was not, okay, I can do that. Your first response no. was for us to have one of those intense conversations oh, right. over the course of a month or two. Oh, <laughs> I mean, I remember the one in like sophomore year of college. Oh, like yeah. When we started, I wanted to have devotions. We together. almost broke up. Yeah. because you were telling me it was my job to make you have devotions and i was like no no that is not my job i i need you to be self-sufficient in your own spiritual life right so i think me <laughs> coming to the point where and coming to understand and respect <clears throat> differences in expressions of faith and um, practices of faith was part of it too but i remember laura and i talking about um her understanding of of the curse in genesis and I apologize, Laura, if I get this all wrong, but here's what I remember about it. So, you know, the, the curse over was, was her desire will be for her husband and he will rule over her. And I remember her saying, um, oh gosh, now I'm mixing thoughts because I've read something else just recently about this, where it talked about if we live that out, if we say, okay, see right there, like he will, he will rule over her then we're living into the curse. If we're saying he's going to be the head of the household, he's going to... Now, Paul does talk about the man is the head of the household in this one verse, but I think if we're living... There's no possibility that's like culturally contextualized or anything. Right. <laughs> Let's be real. <laughs> but if we're living out as if the man needs to be the head and rule over her, which is what complementarianism is then we're actually living into the curse instead of saying, no, we need to, we need to renew and redeem and bring God's wholeness to this relationship. I want to be clear. I don't think this is the part. This is not what Laura. Laura talked about. Just to be very clear. Um, I remember. Well, so Laura, if you're listening to this, I, like, I don't remember this conversation at all. It's because <laughs> it wasn't you. You should not remember that. Um, I remember talking about just the example of how, um, what I, I think Laura was talking about in her relationship, realizing she, it was easier to be kind of the backseat driver and and to be um, judgmental of the husband's decisions rather than to be culpable with and to make decisions with her spouse so that they 
would both take, they would both have the win together or they'd both take the fall together. And again, maybe I'm putting this all in my own words, um, but it was really formational for me, the conversation that made me realize I would rather be over here saying, dude, you did that wrong. You screwed up. I need you to do it differently rather than coming up side by side and saying, we need to make this decision together so that if it bombs big time, we're both... <laughs> Yeah, it's always, it's always safer to criticize win. after the fact yeah. than it is to actually take a part in the planning and execution and then being responsible if it fails yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know. And then I think we really live that out. So since you brought up church in our pre-conversation, I think we really live that out when you were encouraging me in the ordination process. And I would rather, um, I would rather just say in the background, like, do I want to be in charge and have a say in everything? Absolutely. Do I want everybody to come to me with their problems and to be responsible for how things go or don't go? No, that's too much. But you called out my giftedness and you you kind of metaphorically pushed me forward and said, no, this is your thing. You are great at this. So I am the lead pastor right now, but I'm going to step aside. And I think you're the right person for the job. What did that look like from your perspective? I mean, it just seemed to make sense. Um, every person has a different skill set. Every person has a different set of gifts. And if you want to get super technical about it, then sure, maybe there's some sort of statistical preference for men or women to have different sets. I think in generalizing that, we've done ourselves a disservice because the generality is wrong about as often as it's right. Right, because sometimes women are a, a woman is more analytical than a man or mm -hmm. a man is more emotionally em empathetic than a woman mm -hmm. depends on the person yeah and so i mean in our situation in that church i knew that i had been in the position of saying no to a lot of things which was the right thing to do at the time um but if we wanted to build a community and build more of a sense of taking care of one another and something that was constructive rather than slicing away the things that were unhealthy um you had you had the skill set for that and better than i did by quite a long shot yeah. so i mean it, it was i mean it was obvious yeah and i don't think that would have been an easy decision for just anybody to make from from a man who's in a position of authority <laughs> um so i'm still I mean, that's still a huge part of my understanding of what it is to be mutually submissive. And and then for me to get in that position as lead pastor and say, wait a minute, there's some parts of this that I'm just no good at. That's going to be Kevin's job. Like these are these are the things that he is by far more equipped and skilled and and enjoys more than I do. And so he's going to do those things. And just having that co-leadership um, was really healthy for i think our marriage too yeah um well it makes sense because we are different people mm -hmm. and we have different skill sets right and so rather than get hung up on well i have this job title so that means i need to do all these things right why not just say okay we have these leaders in place they have these skill sets and we have these jobs let's match skills to responsibilities and then everything is done well mm-hmm and then everyone is happy and relaxed right. and everything is done with excellence. You know, and, like, and I think that any other criteria you try and put on that 
is going to necessarily distort away from the simple truth, which is God has made each of us different and unique, and there are unique things that he has called each of us to do. And if you try and set like, well, women shouldn't be in leadership, like, I think that's utterly ridiculous. And that is my watered down opinion, because Melanie warned me about 20 minutes ago that under no circumstances was I allowed to give my unwatered down opinion about how dumb I think <laughs> complementarianism is. Um, and it's just, it, it should be obvious mm. that God has called people of various genders <laughs> to do various tasks with various skills and abilities. Right. Why in the world would you limit yourself and limit the kingdom or limit your marriage right. or limit your friends by saying, well, I'm sorry, you don't have the correct genitalia for that job. Like, that's just insane. Well, and the the things that made me think of this topic for today was that I was outside shoveling for an hour and a half today. It's true. Because I like to shovel and because you were inside working. Well, I was going to say, Doing, like you were when I had the day off and you were at work, yeah, I shoveled. You shoveled. When you had today off right. and I was working, you shoveled. Right. It's almost like we both have arms. And so the skill set requirement for being able to shovel is pretty low. Right. So it falls to the person who has time to do it. And I genuinely, sometimes with mowing or shoveling, things like, I love that kind of productive labor. So I will tell him, don't, or I will tell you, don't mow, I want to mow. And I imagine people thinking, why is she always out there mowing? That's a man's job. Or why is she out there shoveling? That's a man's job. Because I want to. And he doesn't love it. He's willing to do it. But he's got other stuff to do right now. And that's okay. And I think we're doing something right. Because our six-year-old a couple weeks ago was talking <laughs> about what she wants to be when she grows up and how she wants to be a ballerina and a mom. Or she'll say, I want to be a pilot and a mom. Or I want to be this and a mom. Or a scientist and a mom. Or an astronaut and a mom. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, that's great. You can do that. And then she, I said, well, who's going to watch the kids while you... Because she said she was going to marry her friend H from kindergarten. And I said, oh, that's great. Well, who's going to stay home? Who's going to watch your kids? And she said, well, he'll stay home and watch the kids. And I just loved her assuredness that that was at least a possibility. Yeah. Because I didn't know more that. More than a possibility, that was obvious to her. Yeah. Like, if I'm off working, of course he's watching the kids. Right. Where else would he be? Right. <laughs> and not that it was demeaning him or his value, but that she recognized that there's good things she wants to be doing. Yeah. Well, that's what a married couple does. If mm -hmm. they have kids, one of them watches the kids. And if I'm not there, that means he's watching And them. it's not babysitting when one of us is watching the kids. It's right. being a parent. Um, all right. Well, I think that just about does it for us today. Look at us being egalitarian together. Aw. Heart. Heart. We're, we're making heart hands, guys. You can't see it, but it's happening. <laughs> Super cute. We promise. Ba-da-boop-ba-doop-boop. -ba